You're listening to Real Investor Radio with Craig Fuhr and Jack Bevere, where we cover advanced real estate investing topics to help you stay ahead of the curve in your real estate investing business. Well, hey, welcome to Real Investor Radio. I'm Craig Fuhr, back again with Jack Bevere. Thanks for joining us today. Jack, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Great to see you. We were just talking about Christmas prior to... Jack's feeling slightly under the weather. He's going to go get himself a sweet IV today. You are. I've, uh, I've done the IV after Vegas, uh, you know, just to like keep it going because, you know, three, four days in Vegas is just too much. So halfway through, you got to call a timeout right. and like go get that IV to keep it going, head to the pool party later. So I've done that before and it was super helpful. I've never considered it an actually healthy context to make myself like, you know, from a restorative point of view to get me back to normal from being actually sick. So, uh, but you know, it's worth, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to give it a shot. Well, as you know, Jack, I'm an old man, 56 years old, and I still sing in a rock and roll band. And tonight we have a big gig and I never know what voice is going to show up at this age, Jack. Never know. So yesterday I went and had my second IV of the week and I'm feeling like I could take down a lion right now because I got packed with vitamins yesterday. So got a lot to talk about today, man. And, um, as a backdrop to uh, what we want to talk about in terms of the sort of the five year going down, just Fed uh, lowering rates and um, sort of an outlook for the next few months and maybe 24, I thought we could start off talking about uh, what we're seeing over the last month or so in housing. So I've got a few uh, reports here from Wolf Street, Wolf Richter, Jack, and um, First one here was done on uh, December 19, 2023. You guys can go to wolfstreet.com, uh, I believe it is. And residential construction gains uh, steam ahead. Single family starts jump to the highest since spring of 22. Multifamily rises from the ashes. This guy has a way with words. He's a, he is, uh, I wouldn't call him as uh, bullish on the market as others, but um, Confronted by uh, mortgage rates uh, that make it tough to sell houses at May of 2022 prices, you're going to love this one, Jack. Home builders have adjusted and, they're, uh, and in their quality reports have spelled out how they're going to do it. Building smaller houses, Jack. There you go. Consumption. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, they're de-amenitizing houses with cheaper appliances, countertops, et cetera. And most of all, they're buying down the mortgage rate. Jack, I've seen some of these builders uh, going down to like 2.9% for a teaser one year, and mm -hmm. then the rate starts creeping up over the next, I think, three or four. Uh, have you heard that? And if so, we speak about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's become a very popular um, incentive that builders are putting yeah. in place to get folks to qualify, right? It kind of exploiting the idea that the, the consumer believes that rates are going to come down over the course of the next couple of years. So, you know, the whole, the whole marry the house, date the rate thing. Um, and builders in order to prevent values, you know, in order to avoid price drops, right. Which then you have to, once you set a comp within your subdivision, you know, you're married to that comp for the rest of the subdivision. Sure. So rather than do that, they've been finishing basements, giving away free decks and offering rate buy downs to keep that V number, um, where they want it so that they don't cannibalize their appraisals throughout the rest of the subdivision. Um, We've actually even 
we, I, I just, I, you know, rip, ripped that idea off. Basically, we happen to own a mortgage company, and we also happen to own a flipping company that will probably sell about eighty houses over the course of the next twelve months. So, and we can do consumer residential mortgages. We don't do very much of them. We don't do very much of them at all, but mm-hmm. we can. Uh, we're licensed to, and so I actually put in a builder incentive program uh, in place for our flips that we're selling so that we can offer rate buy downs just like the larger builders are, which, you know, my thought was, Hey, that's an an interesting competitive advantage that most flippers can't offer. And Mm. in a, you know, in a little bit softer market, you know, why not pull that tool out of the bag? So uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, and, uh, we, uh, you know, we'll, it'll be interesting to see with the new, because mortgage rates have come down a little bit over the past mm-hmm. month or so, um, what effect that has, and which the which of the incentives the builders drop, if any, you know, uh, first, um, you know, is it you know is it the deck, is it the finished basement, is it the the rate buy down? Hey, let me ask you this: um, I saw uh, some builders the other day that are offering like that for one year teaser, two point nine percent. 3% as a guy who writes millions of dollars of mortgages a month, what in the heck must that cost? Even at their cost of capital these days, Jack, what must that cost them to buy down that rate to 2.9% for a year for the well, it's, what, it's, I mean, what are they, what are they giving up in their, in their overall profit on that? Yeah, it, it's pretty much a one-to-one uh, buy down, right? So like if mortgage rates today are, are let's call it today, 6.9%. And you want to buy it down to two point nine percent. That's just four points. So it's it's essentially the, the it's it's actually less than four points of seller help. So if you were going to say mm-hmm. you know hey I got to give four percent of seller help that that you're giving four points on the full purchase price. Whereas if you're mm-hmm. working with somebody buying a million dollar house and putting twenty five percent down, you're offering four points on seventy five percent of that purchase price. So it's it's a little bit cheaper um, than than seller help. But the math's pretty easy. It's like a straight buy down. Now, okay. where the math gets a little bit more complicated is when a builder offers a uh, a thirty year buy down, not just a one year buy down or a two year buy down or a three year buy down, but a thirty year buy down. That's when you actually have to uh, talk to the loan buyer and say, or look look at what the loan buyer rate sheet looks like. Mm-hmm. And right now, for example, in in DSCR. Um, the buy down, and I think this is pretty similar in 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 resi consumer mortgage right now as well, is four or five to one. So if you wanted to buy the rate down uh, by a full point for the thirty years, it'll cost you at least five points of that mortgage. Mm. Um, you know, five percent times the mortgage amount to uh, to buy that rate down permanently. Okay. So uh goes on here to say that the contract prices of new houses have dropped by about 18% from a year ago while sales volume was held up, which I thought was interesting. Next story here was, um, here come new listings of existing homes. Price drops further. Demand remains at collapsed levels. I, this guy loves the word collapsed levels. And it's, just, it's very much, very much bearish here, but, uh, the national median price of existing single-family houses, condos, and co-ops whose sales closed in November of this year dropped to about $387,000, down 6.3% from the peak in June of 22. 
2023 is the first year since the housing burst when seasonal high in June was below the all-time high a year earlier. In other words, June 23 was the first lower high since the housing bust um, in, in 2008. So, yeah, so, so something about that math that's going to get muddy here. Mm -hmm. um, like looking at the median price or the average price year over year, is fine when we're comparing the same housing stock year over yep. year. But as you just pointed out in the previous you know, article that if builders are building smaller houses and that's what's available, well, then the median price is going to go down even if the cost per square foot stays the same, even if the same store, right? It's like same store sales versus, uh, versus gross sales. Um, even if this, the same house price is flat or goes up, you may even still see a, a median price decrease. So that's where, I mean, and, and now economists have know that, right? And so like there's indices like the Case-Shiller index, which is a same, which is a, a same store index, right? It compares the, the average sale of what it, it attempts to find the same house prices and compare those over time. So you can actually get in more of an apples to apples comparison of, um, of what your house is going is, is your, is your house going up or going down as opposed to like the whole market, which is, you know, less, less interesting. Um, agree. You know, that, I, I don't know consumers if those, care less about. Yeah. There's always a slowdown in the fall and, and winter too. And I don't know if those numbers are seasonally adjusted or not. So, right. Um, Wolfstreet.com, uh, Wolf Richter. And, uh, he's got some great stories on there. I'd advise everybody to go check it out. Jack, you reached out to me um, after IMN in Scottsdale. Uh, check out our last episode on our IMN wrap-up. Um, you reached out to me um, regarding the rate drops that we've been seeing lately, and uh, we, we thought we would uh, do a riff on that today. And uh, I have some things I'd like to throw in, but uh, yeah, why don't you start us out what you're thinking? Yeah, so the big, big news was last Wednesday's Fed meeting. The Fed, as anticipated, did not move their target fund, Fed funds rate up or down. Um, but what was of great surprise was the commentary from Powell was uh, remarkably dovish. Given, you know, he, he talked about, uh, or he talked about that they, the Fed anticipates that they may have uh, three rate cuts during 2024. Of course, he didn't speak to the timing of those rate cuts, which is an important, um, you know, important factor. But you, you saw the market, <clears throat> you know, some kind of bears in the market um, in Wall Street pricing as many as five or six rate cuts during 2024, which is really kind of like that was really the bear case for a hard recession. And I guess surprisingly, Fed uh, uh, Powell came out and said that or, or indicated that there may be they expect three rate cuts. Now, given how hawkish Powell has been for the past two years now, right? He's been banging the drums that there's going to be pain. We're going to need higher rates. We need to get inflation under control. That's the, you know, the main priority. And he's been banging that drum, even when, you know, no one wanted to hear it. And he just kept banging that drum and then he just kept doing it. Right. And we all just, you know, you know, he, really, you know, rose rates into very restrictive territory. Mm -hmm. um, what, so to hear him come out with some actually dovish comments and talk about rate increases, rates, sorry, rate decreases this year, 
right? Before he was just saying like, it's going to be higher for longer, higher for longer, higher for longer. And then he put a time frame around not just a rate decrease, but three. Um, the market just went nuts. Like the stock market took off, mm -hmm. uh, mortgage rates tightened up significantly. Uh, the five year came down, the 10 year came down the, all the bulls, uh, for housing are like, you know, you Back know, to the races, yeah. J jumping up on their desks and like dancing and doing the, you know, I told you so nanny, nanny, boo, boo, like, you know, like, you know, the sky's not falling. And so like, it was a real, like, you know, real excitement, like, Hey, the worst is over. It's behind us. You know, the war is over, right? Like the, uh, the war against the American economy is over. We're going to, that was, we've put the worst of it behind us and it's going to be all blue skies going forward. It may take a little while, but you know what? It's, but it's going to get better and we should all be happy about that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and we've seen a, over the course of the past month, even before this meeting rate mortgage rates were starting to drop and then they dropped more, uh, in the wake of, uh, this, uh, the, the, these comments, the feds comments. And, um, we've seen a, you know, a hundred you know, between a 75 and 150 basis point decrease in mortgage rates, depending on the product that you're looking at, which right. is a huge, you know, that's a huge decrease. Um, Phones are ringing off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm sure we've still seen a, we're still, you know, they're still high, very high relative to the past five years, but, um, but some relief, right. Um, and we, we've definitely seen it as you just mentioned in the, uh, in our borrowers who are borrowing DSCR loans um, because that product is directly tied to the five-year. And so the five-year came down below 4% for the first time in, I don't know, a year. feels like a year it and a half. It stands at about uh, 3.86 right now, Jack. Yeah, which is much better for mortgage rates. I think we can, I think we can print like, I think we're printing like sevens, like low, like low sevens. If it's a lower LTV deal, like high sixes right now, which, you know, I haven't seen start. any high sixes yet, but I'm anxious to uh, get a few of those. Uh, yeah. mostly seven and seven and an eighth, you know, for yeah, lower yeah, right. LTV. Um, so if we, um, you know, that starts to work, it kind of starts to work again. You know, like that's not so it's not so brutal anymore. I, I think what it does, Jack, is it just it it gets people sort of more optimistic, a little exuberant. You know, they're they're feeling a little relief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and so there's, I think we're seeing we're seeing already a release of some pent up demand. Mm -hmm. um, for the investors who were like, I'm not doing it eight and a half, not doing it, not doing it. Um, you know, we saw some, you know, some stuff get into the nines, right. If it was like a weird product or a low ratio, like low DSCR, like those rates were getting up into the nines and 10 range, which was crazy. Right. Like who's mm -hmm. what, you know, that, you're only taking that if you need the money. Right. Uh, cause it's cheaper than hard money. Um, but, uh, so we're seeing a, we're seeing definitely a release of pent up demand and I've got some thoughts on whether people who are still on the sidelines should continue to wait or not um, because they're headed down. Right. But like, what, but what are they going to do next week and where are they going to be 30 days from now? Uh, that's a different question. Right. So um, anyway, so that was the, that, that was the, you know, the big news last week. It was the, was the fed commentary and a lot of like uh, exuberance from folks who were like, Hey, you know, we should see a, an increase in transaction volumes these rates actually work a little bit better if we're trying to build our rental portfolio. And if you're a flipper, uh, it could be, you know, there's hope now, uh, which is a word we haven't used in a while, or it's been a, a four letter one for a while, uh, that it could be a strong spring. 
So that's kind of the, the vein of stuff that I, you know, wanted to, to chat about a little bit. That's, that's kind of the backdrop there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, so here's, here's my, I, I prepped you for, I haven't told you about this, but I prepped you I that I had a conspiracy theory that, um, I can't help myself. I got, you know, I love a good conspiracy theory. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not generally a conspiracy theorist, but most, I'm sure most conspiracy theorists preface their conspiracy theories <laughs> with that statement though. So, Always with yeah. all due respect. <laughs> um, so something that really just like I'm scratching my head about it's, is that Powell's comments were, he was higher for longer, higher for longer, higher for longer. There's going to be pain. And out of, out of seemingly left field, from my perspective, out of seemingly left field, he goes pretty dovish and even starts to talk about three um, rate drops. That is, to me, a remarkable reversal, of course. And for if your job is to be the guy at the tiller of the American economy, keeping inflation down and unemployment down, surprise yanking the tiller is the worst thing that you can possibly do right like it scares everybody every a whole crew doesn't know what's going on and the, though they're happy you know the, the, everyone was happy with this news and so everyone's kind of like oh like oh really like we're gonna get three rate hikes this year like well that's that's great like certainly the housing market is is very happy to hear this positive news i'm skeptical that uh, that he that he came to these conclusions that they came to these conclusions on a purely quantitative basis because why wasn't mm. he saying anything along these lines at the last meeting and how did you go from higher for longer like right like just screw you higher for longer to three rate cuts in the next twelve months and I hate I hate to to hear myself say this but I feel like there's like some politics going on here and. We started to see, like, we've started to see inflation come down. It was down again. PCE was down another like tenth of a point, uh, but it's not in the two percent range, which was what he was banging the desk about two years ago. And uh, and we've and jobs have continued to be strong, but the consumer continues to weaken. Uh, and so, uh, now we had a really nice, like headline GDP number for 2023, but the forecasts for 2024 mm -hmm. and 2025 are much lower, right? There, there's still conversation of, as to whether we're, we might go into a technical recession. And so I just feel like it was almost a little, um, if, if he believes that, then he, it was a little, I think, irresponsible to, be to, to give comments that were going to be received with such exuberance by the market, like better to let the market come to that conclusion. And then, mm. and, and then, you know, in June, right? Like he's not saying at the next meeting, we're doing rate cuts. He was probably very, he was pretty clear actually to say, to not say that. So why are you talking about something that's going to happen six months from now, six months ago, you didn't know, like the, you know, the, the six months is an eternity right now. So why the hell are you talking about 12 months from now. It just seems other, other than if Did you want me to answer the question or are you going to answer it for us? I'm, I'm going to get there. I want to, I'm, I'm building up to my, I'm building up to my, like, you know, love uh, it. Crescendo. Yeah. Um, other than if, if, if there is a recession in America in the third quarter of 2024, the incumbent is going to lose. 
I don't care if he is red, blue, purple, yellow, or green. He is going that 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 individual, man or woman, who is in office, is going to lose if the con- if the country is in the midst of a recession. Come November, come it's come the economy like stupid. Back. It's the economy. It's always the economy stupid. And so, frankly, and Biden has been getting his butt kicked from a polls point of view, um, and you know, just more concerns about his his ability as a president. And I'm not trying to make this a political of course thing, not. but I and I don't, frankly, it doesn't matter who's in office. Like this timing just raises my freaking eyebrow. Agree. And now I don't bring that up because of the political aspect of it. I bring it up because running my business. The question that I need to answer, that, that, that the, the hard look in the mirror that I need to take is, do I believe it? Mm-hmm. Like, do I believe that the economy is ready for three rate cuts? Do I believe that mortgage, uh, that mortgage rates should have come down 100 basis points in the past month? Mm-hmm. And because of my political, you know, because of my skepticism on the political side of things and my concern that this is not purely a data-driven decision by the Fed, I have to. I have some reservations that rates are going to stay at these lower levels. I could see us if you know. We already saw the stock market take off on this. If the consumer starts to feel a little bit better and starts spending again, and businesses start to feel a little bit better and start increasing prices because they think consumers are willing to spend it, we could have inflation slide back up. And when that happens, if and when that happens. The Fed will be forced to say, "Hey, yeah, never mind." You know, like we looked, we're going to follow the data, right? Like all sure. of a sudden, they're going to be like, "Oh, wait, never mind." You know, we're following the data, and the data indicates that we can't decrease price or we can't decrease rates this year, and then mortgage rates come back up because everyone's like, "Ah, yeah, you know what? We're not out of the woods yet. Let's get past this election." And certainly, an election year is you know a, a time of like considerable considerable risk, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. So, like, why would we be seeing tightening? going into an election year other than it being a bit manufactured. And so I'm, I'm, I'm refinancing some houses. That's what I'm doing is because I, I don't really believe that we should have seen a hundred basis point decrease in mortgage rates. And, well, uh, and so that's, that, that's why I'm bringing this up is the business implication for me leads me to be skeptical of these rates and I think that it may be a little bit mispriced, particularly given in going into the risk environment of the next 12 months. And so I think it's probably some good debt to add on balance sheet right now. Um, you know, obviously so I'm talking about before my book we get to this sort of do loans, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, man. I, I want to come back to the, well, how does it affect uh, real estate investors and maybe how we should prepare for it now, 30 days from now, you know, hundred days from now. Um, but, couple of things that uh, I thought were interesting with what you were saying there is, you know, is it is the decision based on data or is it based on giving us some sugar in an election year where the incumbent is really, really compromised um, and is losing in almost every poll, including those that tend to skew more towards the incumbent side? Right. And again, I think it's I think we should be very, very clear here. Let's be adults here. This is not a political discussion. It is purely factual. You know, let's face it. Biden is is really taking some wind in office right now. One of the historically lowest approvals uh, of any president. And, um, you know, I, I think they're doing a, all they can do to keep him in office, including, you know, lawfare um, against the other side. 
So uh, election year tactic, it's not hard to take that leap, um, Jack. Uh, so I, I can't disagree with you there. I wonder, though, Jack, about like some of the lagging indicators that we might not be seeing yet that um, that could rear their ugly head and maybe not have the soft landing that um, I think the Fed is kind of signaling that they want to engineer here. You know, what are you thinking about? I think I, I think we've seen some some layoffs. I wonder if more are coming. Um, I think that food prices are still very high, which I don't believe are considered in PCE. Um, housing is still ridiculously unaffordable, which is not considered in PCE. Um, I, I just don't see how the consumer jack is feeling any relief from, um, you know, from from the Fed move uh, or, or, or frankly, any over the last several months. I don't see how the how the consumer is feeling this great economy that the White House and others tell us that that uh, we're experiencing right now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And then particularly on the housing side, okay, great, mortgage rates are down a little bit, but so you're gonna we're gonna release some pent up demand, right? And by the way, for everyone who's flipping flipping a house or even maybe even considering buying a house right now, that doesn't happen like the next week, right? Like mortgage rates have been dropping. There was some very positive data last week, for, you know, coming out of the Fed's comments. The the market is down, you know, the mortgage rates are down even more, and so. You go mm-hmm. home, you, you know, you're getting ready for the holidays. You have conversations with, uh, with the wife and the family about, hey, do you want to get back out there? You know, we can now, you know, I, I called the mortgage guy and we can qualify for that, that house that we want uh, in that school district that we want now. And maybe we should get back out there. <clears throat> and then in January, you start looking at houses. You get your pre-approval letter. You start, you know, you find your real estate agent, call them up, start looking at houses, look at stuff, and you put something under contract in the middle, in the end of of January. So we're not going to see a spike in activity from a housing contracts point of view for a month. We're not going to see transactions happen as a result of this decrease in mortgage rates for two months. Maybe you see a little baby spike in refis thirty days from now, but. There's still not a whole lot. The refi volume is anemic still, even at these, even even with a drop. Like we're still, there's a huge spread, right, between what most people's mortgage rate is and where they're at today, even with this drop. So there's going to be a lag. It's going to take a little while for us to really discover what the actual impact on consumer behavior is. Now, in the same con, in in the same vein, there's no new supply happening here, right? So like, even if these mortgage rates come down enough to make someone who has a three and a half percent mortgage move to the other location that they really want to be in and they can, and you know, and at six and a half, mm-hmm. yeah, screw it. We'll do it. You know, it's, it's not, we're not happy about it, but we'll do it. And they make that decision. That's one purchase, one sale, right? But it's, it's neutral from a supply point of view. Whereas the demand that this is yep. going to release the pent up demand that this that these mortgage lower mortgage rates is going to release is in the first is is for the first first time home buyer and the first time home buyer doesn't add any new inventory to the market and so we're going to see supply i think we're going to see inventory go down did you catch that uh webinar the other day with uh, altos i didn't update? no i love that though i love altos but no i didn't see it I did catch the webinar and uh, they're predicting sort of a sideways market next year, maybe a rise of like six, 8%, but um, in prices, nothing sort of a sideways slog up, down, up. Yeah. In prices. 
Hmm. Um, but definitely no, uh, no massive increase in inventory. Um, they're not, you know, defaults, foreclosures. There, there are, there has been an increase in foreclosure starts, which tend to manifest itself 30 to 45 days later, um, which they're, they're watching, but it's, it's still, you know, relatively low. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the feeling I got was, you know, Hey, this is the market we're in. Consumers are starting to sort of get used to these rates. And so they're saying to themselves, eh, you know, this is what the new thing is. So I guess we got to get used to it. Um, while they, many have sort of lost hope that we'll ever be back down in that 3% again. Um, their other feeling was, you know, uh, all of this is predicated on a recession. So they're still uh, sort of wish-washy on whether or not that would happen. I do have a friend that works pretty high up at Visa, Jack, and he was uh, he was talking about um, sort of the analysis that's come out of their department there, and they're predicting no recession next year, hmm. you know, sort of a very, very easy, soft landing. And when I say this guy's pretty high up, he's pretty high up, um, so he gets pretty good uh, analysis and data. Um, so I thought I thought that was interesting. Hey, let's talk about the so and Visa would know. Yeah, right. They, I mean, that, that's their core business. So, like, as um, let's talk about that right. that um, extra, you know, extrapolation. What you just said about about home buyers coming back into the market, right? So they they get their you know these new mortgage rates. They're like, hey, I like that house, and then you know those houses that are out there on Zillow, and so they start to look at stuff. We may, I think that it's very possible that we find ourselves in a very as a flipper. This I think this matters to flippers. Uh, in an early spring market, because with the new pre-approval that you mm. just got, like yes, you know, yesterday, the sooner you get a house under contract, the more you've actually got, you actually capitalize on your increased purchasing power based off of that lower rate. If you wait until March, April to start looking at stuff, when everybody starts doing that, you're just going to give it all back in paying more. Like I think we're going to see another low supply multiple offer spring and as a result another 5 plus percent increase in housing prices and so if you're the guy putting a contract a property under contract in May you didn't make up any you didn't take advantage of the lower interest rates whereas if you do it in January February while the sellers are still you know mm. you know while the sellers are still like you know not used to getting full price in in a week and actually like really psyched about that right now um, those, I think those folks may actually capitalize on the increase in purchasing power of the lower rate, but by May they'll have given those consumers will have given it all back in housing prices. Now that's good. If you're a flipper, you know, it's, it's good if you're a flipper because you either get, you know, full price a month from now or full price plus 5% three months from now. So that's still probably work. I think, I think it's going to be a good spring, uh, as flippers go. Um, but as home buyers go, I think that you know, I think that they're on the clock to take advantage of seller sentiment, today's seller sentiment, before showing activity starts to spike up 30 days from now. Yeah, I think the big the the big talk here that I'm, you know, the sort of the sentiment around the interwebs that I'm getting is lower rates, even at the rates that we're seeing now, is going to unleash, you know, all of this pent up demand. Um, and it's going to happen quickly, thus increasing uh, home prices even further on a very supply constrained market. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't 
you know, it's still a very, let's speak directly to the guys who listen to our show that, you know, not the, not the home buyer, but the investor, it's still a really difficult time to be an operator, Jack. Right. I mean, it's still, I mean, the the cost of a deal these days, insane, the cost of a lead, um, Talk about uh, quickly, you know, maybe a slight pivot here, obviously, but let's let's talk to those guys and, you know, uh, with regards to sort of how they're operating over the next, you know, few months. I, I think that I think that that landscape has has remained difficult because we haven't seen this spring happen yet. And, mm-hmm. and so frankly, I'm, I'm optimistic as a flipper. I'm optimistic about, about the spring more, op- much more optimistic than I was a month ago. Um, I, the, you know, the flippers have been operating in a high interest rate environment where their, their cost of capital is high materials. Costs have come down some, but not a ton labor hasn't been broken. Right. So labor is still elevated. And so you're still, you got, you've gotten a little bit of, of leverage back on your contractor because he doesn't have quite so many jobs, but um, but he's far from like cutting you a deal to keep working to keep guys busy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then deal volume is still the really you know the deal volume is still like the big driver there where like the cost of acquisition of a deal and the energy that you have to spend as the owner or the you know the the, the acquisitions person to find deals is still is still very very difficult. I think it's softened over the past ninety days a little bit. But now I think it's gonna it's gonna get harder again. That I think that aspect is gonna get harder again because Powell has introduced some hope through these you know through through his comments, which led to lower lower mortgage rates. And so folks who may have been thinking about going and getting a day job, maybe they hang on. You know, maybe they're like, hey, you know what, honey, we're gonna we're gonna make it through this. We just you know it's three more months and it's gonna be a great spring, and we're staying full time, right? Now I know a guy that got a day job, Jack. <laughs> the, hey, and it's and, and it's what you got to do, you know. Like um, it's it's freaking hard. Um, so uh, and the day jobs are hard. Um, so uh, anyway, I, I I think that uh, I think that I think that certain things are getting easier, certain things are staying harder or getting harder, and certain things are going to get harder. So I don't think that it's going to be like I you know selfishly. I was hoping that this didn't happen yet because I was selfishly, right? Like just hoping that some more competition was going to mm. disappear from the market to increase flipper margins. Um, because, you know, as competition drops out, there's fewer bids. And on average, you're able to make a little bit more on the deals that you do find. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little like, ah, like, I, you know, I think margins are going to be tighter, but I also think it's a less risky environment um, as a flipper. So going I'm into the spring. I'm making my Christmas list for Jack, and it is uh, all I want for Christmas is more distressed inventory. Yeah, I hate less, to be, I hate less to be competition. That. Yeah, I hate to I hate to be that that you know, but but hey, that's the market, right? Like it's a, it's a competitive market. I like to compete, so um, I, I do love a bit of Schadenfreude, right? When my competition is struggling a little bit, I don't mind it. You know, I don't mind it. So um, back to Pal, and uh, we'll finish up here. So one of the things that uh, I I always uh, I, I guess I find very interesting in the macro side, Jack, is how does a country, a post-industrial country, survive um, when you've got rising debt? You know, we added a trillion dollars of debt in one month, Jack. So by the end of this month, we'll be up to thirty-four trillion dollars of national debt, 
And uh, back in November, uh, I'm sorry, March of 23, you had the collapse of Silicon Bank and Signature Bank. On That was March 10th and March 12th. On March 13th, the Fed introduced what was called BTFP, the Bank Term Funding Program. And I think, Jack, that part of the, um, the Fed's move not only has to do with, uh, it might have a sor sort of political side to it, but I think banks are really, really hurting right now. And no one knows about it. If we polled, uh, you know, 99% of investors, and I think even some of the better investors out there, Jack, I bet that none of them would, would have heard of BTFP and the fact that banks have borrowed over $400 billion since March of this year to backstop their long-term debt uh, with, I guess, shorter-term debt from the Fed. So that, that uh, balance now, they are paying the, the balances back, which I guess is some good news. But, but it still sits today at around 120 billion. It floats up between, you know, 114 and 130 billion at any given time that banks are borrowing from the Fed to backstop their, their losses. So that's part of what I see with Powell. He's like, oh, wait a minute here, man. These high rates are killing these banks with this, with this very low uh, short term debt, or I'm sorry, long term debt. Um, what are your thoughts there? I think that the banks, I mean, if, as a real estate investor, we've seen the banks just receding, right? Over the past eight months now, nine months now, um, and just pulling back and pulling back. I think largely the, the largely uh, the commercial real estate concerns that have, are still unrecognized to the, a great extent. Uh, and so that's the, that's also this next shoe that we all this, you know, that hasn't gotten as many headlines recently, right? That it was a big deal the past year to talk about commercial real estate, but then all, it got kind of quiet about commercial real estate, um, the past 60, 90 days. And it didn't go, it didn't get better, right? Like it hasn't gotten any better. Um, so, and, and it's still largely unquantified. And so I, th I think a lot of the banks were borrowing that money to backstop their balance sheets so that they could set up specific loss reserves to be able to shed some of this commercial real estate loss exposure that they have. Um, and you haven't seen, you know, with this, this kind of like, we may still be going into a recession or at least a lower growth and lower growth environment, you know, back to your comments on the consumer, right? Like the banks live or die based off of the strength of the consumer. If the consumer's got a bunch of cash, they put it in the bank the bank is able to use that money cheaply to go make loans at higher rates, and that's how they make money. But right now, you've got sustained high deposit rates. Still, I don't know if deposits are shrinking or flat right now, but they're not up. Mm -hmm. And um, and still an unquantified CRE exposure. So I agree. I think banks, you know, I wouldn't, you know, owning bank stock right now is not great. Um, and I don't think that it's going to get better in the, uh, in the short term about that. And that's like, I, I agree with your point about that's a better connection to what's really going on in the economy than, um, than the stock market. For yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the oil that greases the skids. It's, it's, it, it's very consumer based. If, if, if consumers continue to hear about banks failing and, uh, I think there's just a really, really negative outlook and, and sentiment that, that there's a pall against a, a people's sentiment in an election year as well. And I think, uh, so, you know, I just, I, I think that banks are hurting way more than people are letting on and the, and as they begin to fail, uh, 
you know, the Fed's not going to be buying these things. They're going to be selling for pennies and a dollar JP Morgan. And so I think we'll continue to see more consolidation in banking over 2024 without many, without it hitting the news. I, I hear that. I hear that. I, uh, I think that's probable. I just don't know if, and, and I think the ramifications of that are long-term bad for the consumer and for the country. Um, yeah. when you've got, when you've got four, essentially four or five banks that own all of the banks, right. Um, and they're buying up assets at pennies on the dollar, um, which is great for us, you know, as investors buying things for pennies on the dollar, but not necessarily uh, for banks. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Haven't seen as much like, you know, I still feel we're early on the whole commercial real estate side of things. Like either those deals are, I mean, the feedback that I've gotten when I've gone to conferences and asked this question directly of, of, you know, those banks is that a lot of, you know, deals are getting punted. If, mm. if someone's paying, you know, the, the deal's getting restructured, restructured, it's a blend and extend, you know, mentality. No one wants to take the loss. It, it makes the business to, you know, it makes economic sense for the bank not to take the loss. It makes economic sense for the general partner of the fund not to have to tell his LPs that they have to take a loss. Like no one really wants to restructure to, to, to foreclose on the asset and resell it at, and, and be, you know, and have to go do price discovery and figure out where market is for a office building in Wichita, right? Like no one wants to know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. So you just, you know, clip the coupon that you, that you can, you know, and, and if the operator is continuing to, to do the best that they can given the market environment, you know, that, that's the, that's the economically rational thing for the bank to do. Um, now, is it, does that mean that the bank is going to, but that means that the bank is going to have an under, not a non-performing, but an underperforming asset on its balance sheet for an extended period of time, which is going to prevent that bank from being more active in the market because it doesn't have the cash. It's got this underperforming loan, right? Like it's, it's borrowing money from the Fed at 5% and it's only clipping a coupon from this investor at four when it should be clipping a coupon at eight from that investor. Mm-hmm. But it's rather than take a loss, rather than write off half the equity, or you know, write, write off half the principal rather of that loan, um, it'll just clip the four, right? Like it makes sense for it to just like clip the four, and but, we'll just do but, less business, play more golf, do clip the four, and play more golf for the next the three, Fed, four years until we work ourselves out, and let the Fed backstop the rest. Yeah, right, right, right. All right, man. Well, uh, great episode today. Uh, just as a uh, uh, heads up to those who listen, and, and frankly, I, I, Jack, I'm kind of surprised. I've met several people lately uh, via email who have reached out to me, as well as at IMN, who have said they're loving the show. Uh, so that's great to know. We've got some really cool episodes coming up. Jack sat down, I guess maybe over over a bourbon or two, and sat down and wrote out like some really great guests that we can get on over the next several months, maybe for the entire year. So we're really excited to uh, bring on a whole bunch of guests uh, from all different uh, walks of life, from attorneys to great investors in multifamily to realtors that we know, just really top-notch people that we're going to bring onto the show. So look for that in the new year. Uh, this will be the, probably our last episode. No, I think we're going to do one next week. Didn't we mention mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yep. so not our last episode of the year, but I uh, want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jack. You too, man. You too. Thanks, brother. All right, we'll talk to everybody soon. This is Real Investor Radio. I'm Craig Fuhr. We'll see you soon. Merry Christmas.